Welcome back, boys. Feels like forever. Coronavirus. <laughs> oh, I'm Stan the Man. I'm J Dog. And I'm Shoddy. And this is another episode of Into the Combine. Yeah. No virus is bringing us down. Fuck yeah. no. None of us have coronavirus currently. You sure? I hope. I mean, have I, you checked? I, I mean, I'm day nine of quarantine, so I <laughs> still could have it. Yeah, day fuck, are you in France? Day. Yeah, day nine of the self quarantine of 14. Flying around the world. Yep. Saying fuck the virus. <laughs> Dude, when we went, France was legit. There was no CDC warnings about going there. And then two days into being there, everything hits the fan. So <laughs> <laughs> it turned into a nice trip. A very That's nice good. trip. That's good. Look like you guys weren't giving a shit. You weren't out there wearing masks or anything. No, because there was nobody fucking there, so there was no need to wear masks. <laughs> it was, dude, it was so awesome having like Paris almost to yourself. Like there was a little bit of sh- <laughs> people there, but for the most part, so our hotel, fifty-five rooms. There was only six being occupied. Wow. So and normally they say that it's like at least like eighty percent occupancy. So that's kind of how Puerto Rico was too. Just weird. Oh yeah, like, Stan, you were gone too. So oh, how yeah. was how was that with the with the the youngling traveling with you? How was <laughs> how was that in the plane with just, that one? Anyone that's think about, it, just be prepared. My God, she's good <laughs> yeah. on the plane. No, the plane she was awesome. She had a little bit of crying and stuff, but it's just a lot of it wasn't vacation. It's a lot of work, <laughs> <laughs> but it was every every bit was worth it. Watching her on the beach and stuff, you know, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Anything big happened while you were there? <laughs> it did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got engaged. Yep. Woo! I popped the big question. Yeah. Oh, look at you. <laughs> yep. An honest man we have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How'd you do it? Well, fucking seriously. <laughs> I mean, this is a story. <laughs> I, okay. Long story short, I didn't do it like the first couple of days. You know, I just wanted to go have a nice vacation, not make it about that, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we had I fun. Don't know, so man, I, I would have popped that first day, all that good vacation sex for the whole rest I don't of the time. know. I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I kind of was thinking that afterwards, but I was like, you know what, Thursday, Thursday's our last full day, or well, I'll try to do something nice. That's when the baby came in. You can't get a moment alone or anything. <laughs> so I kind of fucked up waiting until the last day, because then you're under pressure, and you know, it was like, I walked around with that ring in my pocket the whole day, basically. You know, I'd, I'd be like... Oh, I gotta go shit. <laughs> you know, I walk up, get the ring. Oh, like I, I if, you know, then I'd bring it down for a couple hours. I'm like, oh, it's not gonna happen right now. I gotta go shit again. <laughs> I go back go up the room. I, that, that was your excuse. I got, yes. I, I, I gotta go take shit. Well, I mean, why would you have to go to the room like that many times? So it, it was like back and forth, and then yeah. like it just didn't happen on Thursday. I was like, what the fuck? So I went to bed. I was like, oh my god, this is not gonna happen. I'm gonna have to go back tell everyone. Like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, everyone, people, like my, her dad knew, my dad knew. Like, I gotta tell people this is not happy like this can't happen but i had a moment in the morning on the balcony like in the sunrise and it was good (laughs) yeah stay in the romance man i know so i wanted to i wanted to be more like you know walk down the beach i was like hey want to go for a walk on the beach and she's like no you two go i don't feel like walking right now i'm like oh come (laughs) on (laughs) get your ass out here (laughs) i know it's like moments like that like i just didn't have a moment That day. <laughs> so, uh, quickly then, did you tell, like, after the fact? Were you like, this is why I was trying to get your ass out on the beach? Oh, yeah. yeah. I told her the oh, whole okay. story, you know. <laughs> I was, like, so nervous traveling with the ring. And, like, if we got stopped at the airport, they searched. She was going to see it. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> Nerve-wracking. 
Yeah, I mean, shit happens for a reason, though, man. That's why it happened when it happened. So. I, you, Jason, you're right. I should have did it the first day and got it over <laughs> with and just <laughs> reaped up all the benefits. That's yeah. what I'm saying, man. You got to strategize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, congrats, yeah, big see, guy. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Congratulations, big guy. Another good one off the market, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, looks Anyways. like the stock market's crashing for them, too, because they don't even have any men left to take from. So <laughs> now that Stanley's gone, that was the last one left. <laughs> and now all they have are C and D picks. <laughs> uh, Should we break it down? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Let's break it down. Guesses on who that was? Uh, Code Orange. Oh. Yeah. Yes, sir. Was, yeah, there we go. Say that with confidence. It's Code Orange. Code yeah. Orange. <laughs> Anybody else listen to this yet? No. No. Nope. That's uh, nope. I. I need to. Damn. It's been on the list of things to listen to, but I haven't gotten around to it yet for some odd, stupid reason. And that clip there makes me want to go listen to it. Okay. Yeah, that was. I heard uh, bad things though. Did you? <laughs> yeah, but go ahead, Jason. Tell me what was. Well, I that? mean that that was in fear. That was one of the tracks. That was one of the heavier ones on there. I'm okay. not. I don't have a lot to say about it because I didn't like dissect it or anything. I don't have any notes on it. But I listened to it once when it first came out, and I was like, ah, I don't know. It was a little, little tryhardy, you know. Like, the, what are they trying to do here, you know? And then I put it on the other day when I went for a run and a little workout, and I, it was fucking. It was pretty good. I don't know. I was a lot more into it, so. I, th- I think I think I'm pretty into it, but I was I was hoping to see what you guys thought, but I guess I have to wait. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Uh, Stan, have you listened to it yet? I have not. No, I haven't listened to anything new yet. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh. I've been busy with other stuff. Yeah, like listening to stuff. Yeah, just been kind of checking. I'll get into it. Well, it's but. not going anywhere. It's there for you when you're ready. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of kind of my mindset. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard mixed things too. I mean, it's different, man. I think I don't know if I like it as much as the last one, but I can tell I, I like it. I don't not like it. There's some weird shit. You guys know me, though. I like some of that bullshit, corny 90s music. Yeah. yeah. And they do a little bit of that in here. So it's fine with me, but I could see if you don't like that, you might be a bit pissed. And they go a little more industrial, you know? So if you don't like that kind of stuff, you might be turned off. But See, I have heard nothing good about it. 
<laughs> yeah, damn. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was pretty fucking good. I mean. Yeah, that's it, weird because, I mean, the last one was pretty, like, you know, groundbreaking or whatever. Yeah. You know. People liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 different. I could see I could see people being like, oh, I don't know about this. They gets a little bit uh, radio friendly at times, but they still keep it hardcore too. So I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty fucking heavy though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of heavy stuff going on. But anyways, so what uh, what are we doing? Let's. Oh yeah, what are we doing? Uh, well, we got some music to catch up on. Show you guys some stuff we're listening to. Yeah. And then we have uh, this is a what's something that we really haven't got into that much at all. Death Doom discussion. Yeah. Death Doom, Doom. with a uh, special guest. Yeah, one of our buddies on Instagram. Uh, that's kind of his area of expertise since, yeah, like Stan said. I mean, I've been dabbling my toes a little bit in it lately, but, I mean, I'm no expert, so... Yeah. That's to be a good little time to do it, you know? I know Shotty's going to be fucking <laughs> just waiting to get this Doom. episode over with, but... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know our buddy August has recommended a bunch in the past, but this uh, what's his name? Tyler. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he uh, recommended uh, five albums to check out. So we're yeah, just gonna go into those and give our opinions. Might be a couple shoddy rants. I'm guessing. No rants. No rants <laughs> okay. at all. Just, okay. <laughs> just respectable comments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Who wants to start with some good shit? Well, I see you uploaded three while we uploaded two, so why don't you start uh, it out? Dude, he's <laughs> not getting three. He's no, not getting three. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I was, I, I didn't, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a first. That's staying in the episode because that's the first time I think you've ever fucked your words up. <laughs> I'm going to make a uh, confession. I'm back on the sauce tonight, boys. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. Okay. So that might be good. why. Good, good. <laughs> It's the, first time in like, it's the first time in like seven months, so it's going to hit hit me hard. Yeah, that's what quarantine does to you. That's yeah. all, all we've been doing. Quarantine. Fuck it. Fucking work from home means drink and play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. Anyways, I have three clips because I was deciding between okay, the so last I two. So I got I got two. But I'll fucking Why don't you start. start off though? Yeah. I'll start. start. Um, this one, picture this. Slam. <laughs> Okay, All right. space and like progressiveness. Not two that normally go together, am I right? No. It doesn't happen usually. This is fucking good.
you guys think? Weird. I lo- <laughs> it's it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, the, I mean the vocal. It was were, very cool, but Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's like blood incantation meets fucking cynic or some shit. Yeah, plus like with a hint of like yeah, I guess the proggy like between the buried meat and yeah. I don't know, it's fucking weird. It's real weird. And it was cool, though. It worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to pick one that, like, because sometimes they're a little more brutal. Sometimes they're a little more spacey. It's like, goes kind of all over the place. But that one kind of had a little bit of both in there. But do you, do you know who that vocalist is? Is it the Demolic guy? No, but good guess. <laughs> it's the dude. It's Will Smith from um, uh, Artificial Brain. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes that, a little bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. It's his other project. It's called Afterbirth. And the album's <laughs> four, Yeah, it's uh, Four Dimensional Flesh. And that was uh, spiritual okay. no, spiritual transmitted disease. But yeah, dude, I don't know. I mean, that, I've seen that complaint. I was looking online to see what people thought about it. And it's like either people are like oh. all about it or like, I can't do those vocals. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I fucking love them. They're, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know my thoughts on them yet. Yeah. Because I, I actually thought it was really cool, and I'm very intrigued by it. Yeah. It's worth a but, listen, dude. Yeah. You don't hear much slam. Like, I don't like slam, really, you know? No, Except, not that much anymore, but that wasn't bad. I feel like I, I could almost feel like you got to have, like, that. stupid vocals, <laughs> like, you know, something that can make it interesting, like, <laughs> and it makes it, like, better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I don't know. This one's got everything. I don't know. It's fucking... It, it start like I said, you start this thing off, you're going to be like, okay, this is pretty brutal. It's got like, you know, some cryptopsy vibes and shit. And then it just gets a little more expansive as it goes. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. They're like, they're doing some different stuff here. It's just, usually mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. It, it it definitely took me by surprise. I feel like they got a unique thing that going and uh, just something different from the, you know, Very the dirty death. Yeah, yeah. A little strange death. So go check that one out. Afterbirth, four dimensional flesh. If you want some sci-fi fucking progressive slam. Cool. Good pick. Shoddy, what do you have? Um, Let's see. One or two? Let's go two. All right. Go ahead and uh, let's listen to it first.
Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> All right, well, boys, uh, that was uh, Berserker Legion, the album Obliterate the Week, and the Berserker song I Legion. let you listen to was I Am the Legion. They hail... Berserker? Yeah, Berserker Legion. Huh. They hail from France, I believe. And yeah, they're just some... It, there's some darker melodic death metal, I guess, is what I would closely, I guess, fucking file them under. Yeah. Um, or loosely, I guess, file them under... But yeah, they got some members, I think, from Hypocrisy. Oh, uh, yeah. I listened yeah, to this. Yeah, it's a really good album. I uh, I was thoroughly fucking enjoying it. I had no idea what I was getting into. I was like, oh, the album art looks cool. There's some dude standing a bunch of, or on top of a bunch of corpses, and he has this, you know, uh, or I guess yeah. I would just call them bodies, and he has a sword in his hand. I was like, fuck yeah, let me listen to this. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just really liked it. So Obliterate the Week. Obliterate the week, yeah. Yeah, Thomas cool. uh, Gilliam, the dude who came on for our melodic death metal episode, mm-hmm. he posted this in the Patreon group, and I checked it out. Because oh, okay. I was like, holy shit, the people that are in this band, man. You got yeah. Hypocrisy, Asphyx, Vader, Wombath, Dark yeah. Funeral. Like, what the fuck? Yep. Gotta well, listen yep. to it with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know any of that before. I just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I like the album art, and listen to it. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, it's a great, great album. I would highly recommend it to all of our listeners. I guess, uh, did you say Thomas had already linked it in the yeah. chat? Yeah, in the yeah, Patreon I was going to say, uh, yep, I could have swore I saw it in you know, the album art, and I was like, fuck yeah, somebody else listened to it. So, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I listened to the whole thing, but I listened to a good half of it. I remember thinking, okay, like some good quality melodic death metal. You know, we don't, there hasn't been a lot that caught my ear like that. I thought this one was one I should come back to, so I definitely saved it. I, I'll have to go back, though. Yeah, definitely. Go some back. good riffs and stuff. Like, it was a good riffy album. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Stan, you're going to like it. Like I said, yeah. it's, I feel like it's on the darker side, though. So it's not. No, that's good. Hey, yeah. that's good. Nothing wrong with dark. <laughs> that, that, that's good. Good. <laughs> All right. Stan. Okay, what do you guys want? Yeah, I got one from last year that was kind of a hidden gem, and then I got one from 94 that was a hidden gem. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear, let's hear last year's. Last year's okay. I'm gonna let's play it. Sound like a stand pick. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was so good. This is uh, I don't know if anyone's ever brought this up. It's ethereal darkness. Ethereal. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> ethereal darkness. <laughs> um, one dude. <laughs> That's okay. why. I, that's why I found it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's just <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 got a lot of similarities to hmm, to Voltaire, I guess. Just like the the whole one man side of it, like you can kind of like you know, there's similarities in like transitions and stuff like that, but like different music, obviously. Yeah, it's more doomy melodic death metal, very doomy, uh-huh. and uh, it kind of fits with this episode. But yeah, it was like one dude I listened to. I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it was a little very, slow for me. Okay, <laughs> very, very heavy, uh, like Insomnium Winter's Gate, like influences. Yeah, I was kind of hearing that a little bit. Yeah, so that's why I, I was just like, oh my god, this is what, what the fuck, like, you know, <laughs> this is my pick. I was so pissed, like, I, this probably would have been like number two last year if I would have found it, you know. <laughs> Damn, damn, damn. It's it lacks some stuff. It's like obviously bedroom recorded, like you could tell, like. Yeah. You know, produce this whole stuff. I mean, there's like some production, like vocals are kind of weak, you know, but it's just a really cool album. He's got riffs, you know, it's really cool. I would check it out. Is he on like a label or anything or is it just like um, self-released? I don't, I think it's self-released. I'm not sure though. I don't remember seeing the, I don't, I don't think I've seen this anywhere. Yeah. I just came, I, I was looking up one man bands and it came up and it was checking all the boxes. <laughs> one day we're going to be looking up there and we're going to see Stanley Wolock, one man, a lot of death uh, metal project. Hopefully. <laughs> Dude, we forgot to say at the beginning, uh, fucking interview too with Aaron from My Dying Ride at the end. Mm. Yeah, so we'll Very uh, cool. we'll touch on the album we'll be talking about a little bit and they got a new album out, which I fucking love and I was going to bring up on this. Is the main vocalist? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a so. pretty big. Uh, that's a pretty big guy right there. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. And I guess I, I we'll talk about the one album that we're going to be getting to later. And like I said, we 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 talked about that a little bit. But I wanted to talk about that new fucking album too because I've been jamming the shit out of that thing. But I, I figured I'd just leave it to the interview. So okay. Anyways, anything else on that one, Stan? Are you good? No. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'll do my uh, last one here. This one. Have you guys ever checked out the band Ulcerate? Oh man, I I want to say I have, but I don't remember. Them. Yeah, yeah. No, no, sir. They're kind of uh, in that gore guts kind of realm. I guess I was kind of. I think I must have been in like a dissonant death metal kind of mood lately. Okay. So this is kind of along those lines where it's kind of strange, dissonant, you know, layered. But this is a this is a single. I haven't listened to anything but the single yet. I don't know if we got the album or not yet. But I don't usually bring in when there's only one single out. But this single is just so fucking good, and it's eight minutes long, so there's not that many tracks on the album. So if this thing's the whole thing is this good, it's got to be a great album. Mm-hmm. So check this one out. I mean, like I said, it's a long song, so you're missing a lot of it just with this clip. But see what you guys think.
was liking it. Yeah? Yeah. It's good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, hard I, to get it from that. I mean, I didn't want to do a super long that. clip, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to listen to more of it. That was it's the eight issue, fucking minutes, you know? Yeah. And that was the end, more of the end of the song. It kind of builds and stuff, but it's just mm-hmm. like dark and... It takes those leads and those like kind of intricate riffs that you're hearing there, and it starts with some like I don't know. I almost feel like it starts with like a a form of that, and then it like changes like throughout the song and just keeps kind of building and changing. But it all kind of sounds similar, but yet you know what I mean. It's not like repeating shit. It's just like changing and changing, and then it just builds to that end part. And it's just fucking I don't know. It's like got dark melody, kind of like you know, artificial brain does that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like weird. There's melody, but it's fucking dissonant. And they kind of do something like that. And it's one of my, like, I don't, I mean, so far, it's one of my favorite songs of the year. So I think that album's going to fucking rock. I mean, they're a good band anyway, so you know it's going to be good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard of them. I just, I, I, maybe I checked them out before. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I might check them out. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, it's, I, w- I wouldn't say Stan, you're going to love this, but, yeah, you know, it's definitely something I like. Stare into death and be still. That's the album that's coming out and the track. Cool. That's a good pick. Yep. Shad, you got another one? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to one. boys i don't think that's a stranger to the patreons either that was um book of lies uh that was illuminati uh i think that's the way illuminati is the name of the album and the name of the band is god dethroned oh Oh, yeah okay yeah so yes sir yes sir like i said i don't think that's uh new to any of the patreon listeners because uh, i think that's been going around the chat a little bit but yeah I liked the uh, little build up there. I had a good like anthemic, mm-hmm. you know, end to it. Yeah, yeah I actually one... got into the last one a pretty, you know, I was I was pretty into it. In, I was going to say a couple I thought, years ago. I thought you liked the last album. That I came did. Out, yeah, Stan. I mean, I've been listening to it a while, but yeah, that was good. I, I'm going to check that out. They're uh, they're a cool band. They're good. I've dabbled with them a little bit too. I don't, I not much, but I just remember them being kind of that cool mix of like they do them Black a lot of things. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah blackened though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's that blackened melodic death, but I feel like they have a little bit more of like the uh the bigger um feel this time around. Um yep. I guess just in terms of the sound. So they do a little bit more with uh, some of the anthemic shit. Uh there's a little bit more of like the arena feel to some of the songs. Mm-hmm. And they do some more with uh, the vocal work. I feel like that's a little bit different from the last album. Fuck, they but got yeah. a lot of albums. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they do. I was going to say, they got a shit. This is their 10th. Well, they've been around run, for I a believe. while, too. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I, I'll be a little honest with the listeners here. When I made these picks, this was uh, about two, three weeks ago, and we were going to use them for an episode and then didn't. So this is a little old for you guys. But, yeah, it's some shit that I was listening to. Yeah, and no, it still um, came out this year, though. I know that. It did, yeah. It hey, did. you're doing better than I'm doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds like we're traveling back to 94 for this uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess yeah, I know. You're right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oh, Jason, I don't think you're going to be complaining. <laughs> okay, I really okay. don't. <laughs> okay. Hopefully you got a little bit of old school death metal in you left. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get too uh, this, on this doomy path. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and listen to it just because it's fucking cool. Okay. <laughs> going on there yeah yeah who is that uh it's gourmet 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 oh. so okay. actually yeah i just uh jason from requiem metal our old history teacher he posted something about it to someone and it was just i was just interested because it was a death metal album i never heard of you know, so I went and checked it out i was like holy shit this is fucking <laughs> this is so cool <laughs> what it's album like, it's it's called uh what's it called the ending quest. Because I know I've listened to them before. Yeah. Okay. I gotta look. Oh, this, this up. is the only. Uh, this are only full length. Oh, I know this cover. Oh, fuck yeah! yeah this yeah, is a yeah. good album, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's Swedish, Sweden. It was recorded sunlight, but it doesn't sound like Sweden. You know, no, it sounds more no, Finnish, if anything. You know, but it's yeah. just like a perfect death metal album. I mean, there's not one thing wrong about it. It's got fucking hard hitting riffs. It's got you know the doomy passages. It's got you know 
It's got the, yeah. everything that makes the formula, or the, everything for the formula makes it good. Yeah, that's cool, because I would not have guessed Sweden on that. Exactly. Just like yeah. vocals are fucking tight, like it's sloppy, it's like raw, it's, you know, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I heard a lot of bolt thrower in there, man, which, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. This it's came just out in kind of, 94. Yeah, because I've been, I've been hunting for old school death metal for, you know, these older albums for years now. I was just intrigued to find one I just, I never heard of, you know, because I thought yeah. I'd like hit all the, you know, at least the basics. I guess it's just a hidden gem. That's the only album they ever had? Yep. Damn. Damn. I wonder if they went on to do anything else. I have no idea. I have no idea about this band. I just listened to the album. I was like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they've got a fucking cool uh, like uh, logo. Yeah. <laughs> like a skull, and that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember anything about this, really. I just, I know, I think I was probably like looking up like, same kind of thing like obscure you know mm-hmm. more less known shit and i remember liking this i remember i had it saved to some playlist but fuck man I, like hearing it though i was like this it didn't ring any bells so mm-hmm. i'm glad you just brought that up because i'm gonna have to check that one out yeah check it out i anyone that loves the old you know those old albums check it out yeah yeah hell yeah well i got a fucking bunch more but i guess i'll have to save them for next time next <laughs> time jason <laughs> uh, yeah i'll save them just go listen to the new midnight that's all i'm gonna say okay midnight i'm all right i'm gonna down. take a, gonna take a piss and then i'm gonna call up our buddy okay, okay. So Ty, he is a Instagram buddy, and if you're on Instagram, you should definitely go follow the son of a bitch because he's uh, one of the one of the better ones on there. That's for sure. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> Posts, uh, yeah, man, lots of good fucking albums, vinyl, uh, little reviews here and there, and I know I've found a couple albums from your shit. So, oh, awesome. What's your name on be. there? Uh, Ty Tilly. So T Y, and then it's like a, an abbreviation of my last name, T I L L Y. Yeah. Go look them up. And then so also we were talking, you are now writing for a website. Yes. So what yes, is that? I am. It is uh, Heaviest of Art. So what do you guys usually do? I know I, I browsed it a little bit. And I, I saw some stuff where you guys were like doing kind of like deep dives into like album covers and stuff. But you guys do like reviews and everything, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we, we do interviews. We do reviews. Um, the behind the cover segment is something that Luis kind of brainstormed and he's done a couple with... Um, He's been able to interview the most recent being a band we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But uh, got to talk with Ellerin Cantor, who did the artwork for the new My Dying Bride record and Aaron Stainthorpe from My Dying Bride. He also got to talk with, um, oh my gosh, what's his name from uh, Midnight? And uh, yeah, Athenar. Yeah, Athenar. That's his name. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And so, yeah, we kind of we do a whole bunch of different stuff. and right, and uh, we've been doing this for about just about over a year. So yeah, reviews, interviews, kind of the running the whole gamut of it, really. 
Okay. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I browsed it. I mean, I know you can. I know you know your shit. So I, I've got it bookmarked and <laughs> liked, and you know, definitely following it from now on. So I'm sure everybody else out there should check it out for sure too. Yeah. That's a cool concept though, yeah. like with the album covers and shit. I know we've been talking a lot more about the album covers lately, and just knowing, you know, especially like talking to the artists and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, you know, going back and you know, I don't want to toot our own horn or anything with Heaviest of Art, but um, you know, after I was sitting in my uh, my communications class. I was supposed to be paying attention to uh, um, you know stuff about libel and and media law, but I kind of jumped on because we had the uh, the thing printed up for my dying bride, and you know just being able to read into what Aaron was talking about in relation to the artwork being related to you know what he's experienced with his his daughter and everything. It's just it just is like oh my gosh, like it it really resonates. And it, and it can resonate with just about anything with, with an album cover, you know, it, it all right. kind of blends seamlessly, you know? Yeah, no, that's really cool. I'm going to definitely check in that a little bit more because that is a badass album cover. Yeah. But so, um, duh, we didn't, we never mentioned the albums that we picked for today. So what were the ones you went with? So, um, I was, you know, when, when you asked me to pick five, I was like, oh damn, that's going to be hard narrowing it down. And, uh, one that immediately kind of was like, I, you guys had already talked about this in the finished death metal episode, but I didn't want to go over it again since you guys had talked about it and, you know, that being, uh, Ripakulu's Musta Ceremonia. So I'm like, okay, I got to automatically, you know, rule that one out <laughs> okay yeah but i decided to go with some some classics and then a in my opinion a modern classic which kind of helps you know where death doom is at right now but some of the ones that i picked were winters into darkness unholy's the second ring of power disembowelments transcendence into the peripheral that's four correct yeah okay and spectral and then, voice uh, yeah, and then Spectral Voice. Yeah, I wrote it, Corridors of Unbeing. So, oh, and then, oh, the other one, um, Turn Loose the Swans, My Dying Bride. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that was a that was a hard narrowing down, especially with so many other really good ones. I mean, it was, it was tough, but I was, I also kind of had to leave Gothic by Paradise Lost out of there. It's just like, oh, uh, just barely. Yeah, that was the, the one cut. I was like, oh, I kind of wish we had some Paradise Lost, but yeah, it's five albums, so it's, it's what it is. I will, yeah. I will, you did a hell of a job picking five though. Cause I mean, nothing was like the same, you know, everything had right. its own identity. You know, it was a good five, you know, we had to listen to for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing That's I was disappointed kinda... about was these were all, uh, like shoddy's like top five albums of all time. Yeah. Oh, seriously? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He's joking. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, for real? I'm like, hold on. Shoddy's more the tech death guy, so yeah. are you fucking with me right now? Yeah, yeah, he wants 200 major. beats per minute, not 20. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on, hold on. There's there's no way that a guy who loves Equipoise and, like, you know, <laughs> Nile and shit like that is going to love Unholy. Like, that's that's a major stretch, but, I mean, hey, <laughs> weirder things have happened, but, hey. Yeah, I mean, just real quick comment. I mean, I had it on while I was, like, I've been working from home, obviously, like probably everybody else is. Yeah. And I had, I don't know what album it even was. I just, I made a, you know, a mix of all, uh, not a mix, but a playlist of all five of the albums, and it was just going through, and it was probably somewhere in the middle of Unholy. 
I turned, I have two monitors and one monitor was all the shit that was working. And then the other monitor was literally just iTunes. And my head snapped over to the other monitor. I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> and I looked because I was literally just in a trance of just like it was the same shit for the last like three albums. And I was like, oh my God, what is what is going on right now? And I literally was like, oh shit, this is doom. I was like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. And I looked at the year and I was like, oh, 94. I was like, oh shit, I am not in the mood to listen to this right now. Like, I literally was... It was the wrong mindset to be listening to that. That's the one know. thing I will say. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed every all of it. I mean, I got some back. I got some comments on some, one of the albums, you know. But I did enjoy all of it. But I did not make a day of it. I didn't like listen to more than two in a day because I knew I would have just if I listened to all five in a row, I would have just been like, nope, forget this. I'm done. You know, I need I need to break it up. I mean, I'd listened yeah. to them before this, but it was just like, I guess I put that playlist on and then didn't think about, you know, I just wanted them all accessible, you know, in one playlist, but I'd never listened to them all in a row like that. And I think it was just, you know, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Stan, about the third album in and I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? <laughs> just ready to jump out the window. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the? I seriously was like my, it was instantaneous. The head snapped. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I was like, oh shit, I remember what's going on now. <laughs> I thought something was broken or I don't yeah dude I get it and then I'm, we're all the kind of all three of us at least like doom has just always been the last thing we go to and then like I said I've been getting into a lot more lately but even even still like it's such a mood based thing where it's like I'm the same way I'm not gonna put these all on in one day it's like you get in the right mood I listen to one album and I'm usually good but I've been really fucking liking it a lot more like so I was I thought this was a perfect time to do it because I've just been really digging into a lot more of this stuff but so, what? Because uh, is, is this like your favorite subgenre of metal or no? Well, funny thing is, it's like I with metal, I kind of started in with Doom. Like I think that's kind of where my my loyalty kind of lies in a in a way. I mean, I got into like you know what everybody kind of gets into first, like Maiden, and then like Thin Lizzy and Metallica, Slayer. But then I kind of you know, wanted something that was like more substantive, like that was like heavy, like Metallica and stuff like that, but a little bit, you know, slower, like Sabbath. But then I found bands like The Sword, Witchcraft, and, you know, kind of that early proto Stoner Doom kind of shit. And then, you know, inevitably Death Metal came along through listening to like Opeth and Gojira and eventually Death and Horrendous. Um, but I think the, the one thing about death doom is, you know, there's just something about death doom. It's kind of like, it's a weird subgenre that it's like you either come into doom metal through death doom, whether it's with stuff like the Peaceville three, or it's kind of like the last frontier. It's like, okay, I've, I've discovered sludge. (laughs) I've discovered fucking power violence. I've discovered grind, you know, what the hell is doom? What's death doom? What's funeral doom? You know, it's kind of like, you know, the very last thing, you yeah. know, that's where I'm exactly at. Like I've, I'm into pretty much every other subgenre, And I mean, I've dabbled with doom. There's certain bands I like, there's certain death doom. I've always liked paradise lost, you know? And, mm-hmm. but it's like, I was like, finally I'm starting to like some funeral doom, which I never thought I would like. It's just weird how you <laughs> like, I don't know. I, if it's just the times right, or I've just wanted to find some new shit and you listen to it enough times, you find yourself liking it or what, but yeah, dude. So I don't know. I know we're all a little mixed on it, but so we'll see what, uh, I'm kind of curious to see what, at least what these guys think of it, but why don't we yeah. start with, um, 
let's give it to the uh, the classic My Dying Bride. You know, like I said we got the interview for this episode. That's with Aaron. You know, yeah. we talked. You just mentioned for the new album, which I said was a fucking awesome. But this this one is their uh, definitely their classic album that you know when you think of my dying bride you kind of think of turn loose a swan so why did you pick this one um so this is where it was kind of like it was really hard between picking this and gothic whereas it's like some of these other ones especially like um unholy and spectral voice are just like the most grimy you know filthy shit on the planet i think the one thing about my dying bride is that like they you look at their history and they started off as, you know, more of a straightforward death doom band, especially on like their early demos and their first full length. But then you get to paradise, you get to, I mean, I mean, you get to turn loose the swans and you think that it's going to be like this just full frontal fist in the face as soon as you start it. But Sear Me 1993 starts and it's a piano ballad yeah. with violin. And it's like, what the hell am I listening to? And then you get to your river and it's like a perfect mix of that weird Gothic shit you find with the cure and joy division mixed in with the past stuff that they had done. And you've got like this incredible nexus of, of death doom and like Gothic music and it's just, to me, it's not only a record that is just beautiful, but it's also brutal. I think the way Decibel Magazine once put it is, you know, My Dying Bride could rule your king, could destroy your kingdom, but they chose to rule it instead. That's what, for me, My Dying Bride's Turn Loose the Swans always comes to me. Is It's like, it's grand and majestic, but at the same time, it can just kick you right in the balls. And it's so ballsy because, like, I think we talked about the interview, but that's the first time you even fucking does did clean vocals and it's all over the album. And it's just like to be a band and goes from just growling all the time. Boom. Okay. Fuck that. I'm going to do like gothic clean vocals. I mean, it's just like, it's a pretty badass thing to do.
Stan, have yeah. you? I feel like you you've had to have listened to them before, right? Stan, I actually have not. No, I've known of the band. Obviously, everyone knows of them. Um, yeah, I have never got into them. I started going through the discography after this one, and I can't say I'm. I mean. They're good. I mean, they're a good band, but you got to be in the mood. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously something very special about this album. This is why we're talking about it right now. You know, it's a classic. Yeah. But yeah, they're definitely mood based. I mean, you got to be in the right mood. Yeah. So you, is it something that, is it one of the ones you did like though, or, or not as oh, much? Oh yeah. Oh, I really like this one. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't thrown back by the whole, I mean, it's the most gothic of these five, you know, obviously. Um, yeah. But I got into like typo negative a couple of years back and really got into them and dove into them. So I really, you know, set myself up for this. So this wasn't like a shock to me. It reminded me a lot of Peter Steele, his voice. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I was, I was okay with it. And then you put the brutalness on top of it. I, I loved it. Yeah, it was funny. Like I think I told Aaron too when I was talking to him. Like the first time I heard, I checked this album out because it's just like you said, Stan. You do hear about them. I liked Paradise Lost. Like okay, let's go through the Peaceville Three. And I remember I put this album on, and that first track, it's just so long, and there's no brutality. And I was mm-hmm. just like, what the fuck, this stuff. I remember I turned it off before I even got past like the first track. And then something made me come back to it to check it out some other time. And then thankfully, because like then you get to the second track and it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. This things gets heavy. Those fucking pinch harmonics come in, which that's what to me, like this album, man, those fucking pinch harmonics that are all over it. It's like, I've never heard a band use them like that. It's like the melody is like the pinch harmonics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just something really striking, especially towards the end when it's like, Aaron's kind of going back and forth with himself with that melodramatic clean <laughs> and like then he just ends it with that soul piercing growl just going save yourself it's like oh <laughs> hell that's that's creepy yeah dude like, they kind of awesome. they kind of just they just lull you in with that piano ballad and then all of a sudden oh here comes that freaking flail nighty night <laughs> yeah dude shoddy so what is this one that you hated no so liked? this is actually one of the ones that i didn't mind listening to okay yeah i i, I was kind of digging the vocals because they were a little quirky but you know i i enjoyed it it just fit with the music but yeah it wasn't one that because i guess it wasn't as slow as the rest of it so yeah it's got some speed it's got some it, it you does, know, heavy heavy parts yeah, yeah. so the heavy parts w- are fucking heavy and that's the one thing that I have in my notes here is I liked the heavy and I liked this that there was finally some speed. So this is this was the last <laughs> album on my list that I had listened to too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the fucking uh, keys too. Like they sound they're a little retro at this point, uh, but I don't know, man. I really, really like those keys that are in there. You know, for some reason those keys kind of like like you said, they're retro. It's like, I mean, the album came out in ninety three. For some reason it kind of reminds me of the keys during like the closing song, like the credit songs of like Disney movies for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's got that weird thing about it. Yeah. But it's one of my favorite things about this thing. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. like I said, we don't have to go too far into it. I talked to Aaron a lot of, or I tried to touch base on this album just at least a little bit to see what was going on with it. I forget what exactly we talked about, but yeah, it was, this, this was definitely one of my favorites of the pick. Let's do, um, do you have anything else you want to say on that one or? Um, no, I think, uh, I mean, it's, so many people have written so many big things about Turn Loose the Swans that I th- feel like, you know, kind of, you know, going any further, 
if people are really like wanting to know what it's about, I mean, I just say, all right, here you go. Listen to the songless bird. Listen to the crown of sympathy. That's pretty much the only thing I can tell you is, yeah. If, if you're if you're curious about what it is and why people just absolutely adore this album, you got to give it a chance. That's that's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, you got to. I mean, it's Peaceful Three. You got to at least give it a listen at some point if you're into metal. You know, do your, exactly. do your little history lesson there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Let's do one that I didn't like. Ooh. Let's do. You uh, didn't like one. Yeah, dude. I want. Yeah, I, there was only one that I didn't like. The rest I liked. But hmm. ooh, I'm interested in, to, in to hearing which one you didn't like. <laughs> which one Jason? is it? Because there's one I didn't like either. Okay. <laughs> dude, I tried. I gave this fucker three lessons, but winter into yeah. darkness. Uh, Same yeah. here. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. I just Same couldn't do it. Here. But you tell uh, us yeah. why you liked it first. Well, I think. One of the things I think immediately I know exactly, or I think I might know exactly why you guys didn't like it. The fucking vocals. Yeah, that's about ninety <laughs> percent. That is. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I'm not gonna interrupt. Yeah. So I think that just threw that throws so many people off when they hear it. It's just like okay, it's kind of like with my dying bride. That first track kind of brings you in a little bit, and then the vocals come in. It's like. Who's this dude trying to sound like Tom G. Warrior? What the shit? Like, what are you trying to do, man? But I think it's the product of its time is it's so... What is so striking and important to Death Doom? It came out in 1990, which... Okay. You know, Paradise Lost were still, like, a demo band at this point. My Dying Bride had not even started, I don't think. No, they, they had just barely started during that summer in 1993, or in 1990, like, really the only big, like, I mean, yeah, they were kind of like the ground zero for, for Death Doom at this point, other than this really obscure Dutch band called Sempaternal Death Rain, who put out an album, like, a few years before that, which, if y'all don't know that one, that one's pretty good. It's called The Spooky Gloom. But that, like, Winter specifically was also an anomaly because they didn't fit in with people in the death metal scene or the thrash metal scene in New York, they fit in more with crust punkers. They I had can see more that a, for sure. Yeah, they had more of a draw toward that audience because, you know, guys who were, you know, into, into stuff like that weren't all about speed. They wanted to have something that was just, you know, a little bit, you know, moody or a little bit more um, bleak because that's kind of what mm-hmm. the whole attitude of crust punk is. And, you know, Looking back at it, you know, 30 years in retrospect, there's something about Into Darkness that is just, you know, it's so fucking bleak. It's so cold, you know, to, you know, no pun intended, but it's just a really, it's just a really interesting record because of how it kind of helped start what we kind of know as Death Doom today. I mean, you look at bands like Hooded Menace and Anatomia and Coffins who are still pulling from that inspiration.
team, what would you say about the vocals? <laughs> I, I, Ty, I don't know if you were, but we were a huge fan of uh, CKY back in the day, and the vocalist sounds like mm-hmm. fucking Brandon DiCamillo and Narkill. <laughs> 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 it's, dude, now that you say that, I want to go it? listen to it now. Shit. That makes it that's better. Too, that's too on the nose. But okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't do a lot of so I did a lot of research on these other four, and I did I just didn't like this album, so I didn't do a lot of research. So I didn't know this was from '90. So that's kind yeah. of switching my thoughts yeah on me it. too i was just gonna right say now. the same thing i didn't know it was that early i, I figured it was like 93 94 with the rest of them and i was like this is bullshit you know yeah but it, yeah if it came out in that time it would have seemed a little bit more derivative mm-hmm. yeah it makes a lot more so sense than 90 yeah because I, I mean the one thing i really didn't like was the mix like it's too weak it's you know and then you guys just got those vocals over it. i'm not saying the vocals are bad i get like it's different you know but I think it's just you kind of focus on them because everything else is so weak that you're just like, oh, this is I don't like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't mind the production. I mean, it, I, I the one thing I said about this album was it's fucking heavy. I mean, I get what you're saying, Stan. It's a little it's definitely a weird production, but it was mm-hmm. heavy. It's just it was just I, I feel shoddy's pain, like what he's saying when he's <laughs> listening to all this stuff like this one was just. It, like you said, it's bleak and it's just so slow. And I, I feel like if it at least had some more variation with the vocals or if they were more brutal style or or something, it just it didn't do it for me with that. But but thinking about it in the context of 1990, it's like, okay, it's more, a little more interesting. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I listened to it. I know like this is definitely an album that people, you know, regarded, you know, I, I I've seen it come up, but like it's just not for me. So I'm not saying it's a bad album. It's just I can't do it. It's just mm-hmm. just slow and it's monotonous, but it, <laughs> it was interesting yeah. for sure. It's it's kind of like Nespeth or uh, the Red in the Sky is ours. It's a it's a very acquired taste. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. All right, uh, and Shadi, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear Shadi's take. I, I'm I'm very interested. I want to hear him throw the vocals down the, down the stairs too, because you know what? I'll be honest. When I first heard the vocals too, it was kind of like, what the hell. Yeah, that's a big negative for me as well. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I listened to it all. I didn't like it, but yeah, it was. You a gave big it. A, you negative. gave it an honest listen. And an honest listen. Yeah. I, uh, and I think out of I think out of all these five, I think this I would say the majority or this probably could be the the least favorite of many listeners. I mean, it's just it's so different from the other stuff too, though. I mean, it's kind of. Now it's just kind of unfair to compare it to it because, I mean, this is three years before. Yeah. I wish I would have known that. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should have looked it up. That is a little fucked up. I completely respect that, though. That's crazy for it being 90. Yeah. That's fucked. It's early. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really yeah. early. I mean, I mean, hell, that's like, I mean, Metallica were still touring in Justice for All, for hell's sakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because I was. it is just so much different than a lot of the Death Doom because it's like I was hearing some stuff that was like, not, I want. I don't want to say they're like a Sabbathy band, but you would hear a little bit of that, or like you said, the punk little parts in there. So it makes sense. It doesn't sound just like the Peaceville Three style or whatever. You know, some of that stuff that came after, which yeah, is what I obvi- thought was interesting. Yeah, and you obviously hear the Celtic Frost influence as well, where it's yeah, like there are sure. parts where it's like this is definitely something they cribbed from into into uh, the Pandemonium or uh, yeah, what is it into the Pandemonium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. All right, let's go to one. Um, 
because there's definitely two that we're going to be comparing here. But let's let's do this one. Uh, disembowelment. I know. I don't remember how much we talked about it. It was we brought it up on the Australian episode, but I think it was real quick, and that was a fucking long time ago. But what uh, what's this one called again? I can never remember the damn name. Transcendence into the peripheral. Yeah. So this one is one that I was familiar with. Like this one and Spectral Voice were the two that I knew the the most. And and I'll let you say why. I guess why did you pick it? Yeah. Before I say anything. This to me is the absolute apex of Death Doom. Like. I love Death Doom, and I love a lot of the bands, and a lot of the newer bands that are coming out, like Mortiferum, and obviously Spectral Voice, and, you know, a whole bunch of these other ones. But to me, there is just nothing that is ever going to surpass or try to match this album. In my opinion, it's the way that it combines death metal, doom metal, grindcore, and ambient music. It's just, it's too perfect of a mix. Um, mm-hmm. especially with it also helping to give that little nudge to help start Funeral Doom along with Thergothen in, in the early 90s. It's like there's just something that when you listen to Disembowelment, it's, it's very much something that you can tangibly feel is something that shouldn't exist in our timeline, but for some freak way, in some freak way, it does. Uh, 
I don't know what made me listen to this album, but I remember putting this thing on. It was like real early in the morning when it was still dark out. I put this fucker on and it was just like, I mean, this thing came out in what, 93, 94, but it's like, I put it on a couple years ago and it was like, and it was still something that was like, fuck, I've never heard anything like this. Like, yeah, you hear the death doom stuff here and there and you hear stuff that's creepy, but the way that they fucking like the atmosphere that they create through like the most simplest of stuff that they do sometimes, like the weird little melody or little single note stuff that they'll play. It's like, I remember just being blown away, but then also like, having the br- more brutal parts to like actually keep me interested because I kind of need that with Death Doom. I need to have something heavier, faster here and there. And I feel like they, the way they have the atmosphere and the vibe with those like brutal parts and the just fucking like filthy, creepy vibe throughout it, man. I, I, yeah, it was one that stuck with me like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, it's... I mean, you guys basically hit it. I, this is the one I knew about. I downloaded it probably... Two years ago, it was a it was a decibel top hundred. I mean, it's one of okay. the only you know doomier ones on that list. Besides some of the you know you know autopsy stuff like that, but you know it's like really yeah. like doom death doom. It's on that list, so I downloaded. It. I yeah I I mean I don't is this the first funeral doom album? I don't know. I got the funeral doom first funeral doom album question mark. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's. It, you can tell it's groundbreaking, and I'm not an expert in this, you know, this side of this, you know, side of death, but you can tell this is a groundbreaking album, and it is so much into one. I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely. I had a feeling it. this would, yeah. And like you said, Stan, it's like this one, it, it can be argued, you know, this one is either, it's either this one that's the ground zero for Funeral Doom, or it's Thergothen's Stream from the Heavens, but. And I it's can't like, believe I'm about to say this, but this actually, this actually, going back and listening to this one, got me more into checking out more Funeral Doom in the last couple of weeks, which yeah. I don't think I would have mm-hmm. ever done that ever, you know. Yeah, and it and it's like through those the one song the the really long one, um, a burial or nons. That one is just like it's like okay, this is this is a Funeral Doom song. It's like mm-hmm. it's just so creepy how it just like has those you know with that funeral doom kind of thing where it's, it's just slow, it's crushing. But then all of a sudden you have those breaks where it's just like, like almost black metal type of tremolo picking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just go.
it's funny because it's not it's not like it's that technically proficient or anything like that but it's just like how did they come up with this stuff like were they on something psychedelics at the time like to get to get a vibe and atmosphere that strong like it's you don't that's just not something you hear too often and i know we're gonna talk about spectral voice who obviously the first time i heard that fucking album i remember thinking whoa you know like i'm hearing some disembowelment and stuff but I still like you there's still no other really other album i've ever heard that sounds that like foreign or like otherworldly kind of or whatever you know in that creepy way it's just i don't know it's so hard to describe it yeah and maybe this is just the one another thing that about it that i just love is the fact that you read the lyrics and it's not your typical death metal like gore or satan type of stuff it's like it's almost like watching an art house film reading the lyrics you know what i mean it's all about like zen Oh, yeah, like, what is it? The very last song, Cerulean Transients of All My Imagined Shores, it's like, it's literally about a guy sitting on a cliff overlooking the beach and, like, tripping on acid <laughs> and, like, having, like, a spiritual experience while he's tripping on acid. See, dude, I bet they were on acid when they wrote this thing. Come on. Oh, 100%. easy. I mean, I mean you, look at, <laughs> you look at the album cover and it's like, wait, this is a brutal-ass album? This looks like some fucking indie rock band. What the hell is this? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wanted to know, Shoddy, what what did you think of this album? Because I was like, okay, if we're going to talk Death Doom, I think Shoddy will like this one because it, it does get fast and it does get brutal. It did, and I, I did enjoy it. I just feel like it was still too slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This, I, I yeah. think this one, though, I mean... If you're going to throw it at someone like Shoddy, I think this one's going to have the most, like, okay, I think anyone can latch on. If you like death metal in any way, you're going to like this in some way. You know, it's not too much, this one. There were definitely songs that I would love to listen to again, but as a whole, yeah, it's just, you're exactly right. There's going to be something for everybody in this album, but as a whole, it might not, you know, they might not be able to take it all with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's like every, it's like all this shit too. You got to find that right mood too, though. You know, you got to be. But with maybe that album, exactly. though, with that album though, you can find, you know, there's a song for any mood on it. You That's can, true. So yeah. any part could fit any mood. Yeah, this one's I think the most accessible. I would say. Which that's kind of funny. It's like I never thought I'd ever. Hear that uh, that adjective applied to disembowelment, but I mean, hey, that, you know what I mean, I'm though, talking, like, yeah, it, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, you're gonna leave yeah, respect I, this one. I don't know. Yeah, like it, it makes a hundred percent sense. Like, there's the way you put it, Shoddy. It's like there's you have um, you know burial at Ornans, which is like a straight funeral doom song, and then you have excoriate, which it's just like this atmospheric death metal song, kind of like. You know, listening to some weird fucked up version of Bolt Thrower, or yeah. then then you have the following track where it's just like this artsy spoken word piece with like the, it's it's almost like Enya, and it's like, <laughs> ah, yeah. yes, <laughs> fucking Enya. <laughs> so, dude, okay, I've never checked out the band that they did or some of them did after Inverlock. Is that worth oh, going into as well? That is so. Here's the here's the kind of the history lesson about this. Um, and I kind of told you a little bit, Jason. Um, so I'm going to be writing this big retrospective for about disembowelment as a band. And I'm going to be talking nice. with um, Drew Jurgens from Relapse and Pip Sorit from Relapse about like 
from the band's early stages as like a napalm death cover band all the way up until Inverlock. But Inverlock is very much worth your time. They okay. started basic they started basically as Dusk, and their only intention was to perform Transcendence at Roadburn in twenty twelve. And it was just the only members that were a part of it were uh, bassist Matt Scaraju and drummer Paul Matsiota. And uh, Matt switched over to guitar because he learned classical guitar at the University of Melbourne. And they got a couple other dudes to uh, help them put this little thing together. And they were like, well, why don't we just, you know, go and perform as Dusk for a little bit and play this album for people who have wanted to hear this album because disembowelment never played live either. Hmm. They, they never performed live. And that's kind of the, the, uh, the other thing that is really intriguing about them is they put out one album and then they're like, all right, see ya fuckers. Um, Did they say like, why is that? Cause I've heard I that so many times, like they're never gonna reunite. It'll never happen. But why? The, the reason that I've found out and I'm going to find out, I might find out a little bit more with talking with Pip but yeah prod him hard for it yeah (laughs) um but from what i've been able to glean is playing in a live setting for frontman renato galena was just like it got too chaotic when they were when he was playing in this napalm death cover band and he just kind of was like i I don't want to you know do this with the next project because when it was first started it was just renato and paul and he wanted to keep disembowelment a strictly studio only project, but he brought, you know, Jason Kells later on to do guitar. And then he brought Matt in around the dusk EP and they hinted that this was it when they put out transcendence in 93. And if you look in the vinyl version or in a CD or whatever, there's this passage that just says in the, in the notes or whatever, or in the spine, of the record or tape or whatever it says for we will not pass this way again. Yeah. And I it's heard kind of that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know what, this is our statement of intent and this is where we leave you. But with Inverlock, cool, yeah, but with Inverlock, it's, it's definitely, you, you feel the bloodline. Like, you know, it's like, you know, the, the father son connection, but Inverlock is definitely worth it. They continue the pseudo legacy of disembowelment very well because you have two guys who were originally a part of that project and they have that variation that disembowelment have been able to you know inspire in other people i'll definitely give it a listen it's it's one of those things where it's like i always think i gotta fucking do it and i just always forget but now that we're talking about it i'll i'll definitely get onto it but all right let's do let's do unholy the second ring of power, and we'll save the newest for last. All right.
This one I was, uh, man, this was a weird one for me. This one I was about 70, 50 to 75%. This is fucking awesome. And then there was a little percentage there where I was like, ah, oh, get rid of that song, get rid of that song. But overall, I was I was pretty impressed. So what uh, would you would you like about it? So I think the one thing that is really interesting about Unholy is you know I think where their their country of origin is. It's Finland. So obviously, it's gonna be it's it's already granted. It's gonna be weird. I mean, yeah, you're you're coming from the land that gives that's given us Demolik. It's given us Beharit and Satanic Warmaster and all that good stuff. Given us um, folk metal and stuff. But what's interesting about Unholy is, you know, they were a Death Doom band, but they also brought something that is very, it's kind of copied in a way, but has rarely been put into the same effect that they've done, where they kind of helped pioneer the genre of blackened doom. Um, hmm. And we're not talking like Black and Sludge, like Lord Mantis or, um, you know, certain parts of the Dragged Into Sunlight discography. We're talking about like the perfect mixture of like if Dark Throne decided to start playing doom metal around under a funeral moon or if shit, I don't know, if Candlemass decided to sound more like Mayhem, mm-hmm. where it just sounds so... I think one thing that I, when when uh, Shadi you mentioned that like you wheeled around you were like what the fuck is this <laughs> is especially how in the vocals they just sound so tortured it's like somebody yeah, yeah, getting yeah. somebody in uh-huh. a dungeon just getting slowly dismembered with a scalpel is the way like I feel it is listening to unholy like somebody who is being tortured on a rack and it's just like oh this is like. I, I, it's like it's like a train wreck. It's like I don't want to watch, but I I'm intrigued. <laughs> that guy's got yeah, he's a fucking powerhouse, man. The range and like I I love anybody that has those like tortured kind of death vocals, and he, man, he pulls it off. Yeah, and you can hear that especially in the new uh, Spectral Voice song where Eli goes into those really nasty rasps, kind of like uh, the dude from Unholy can do, and it's just like right. Oh, this makes me like ill. <laughs> Stan, what'd you think of this one? I actually really enjoyed it. I did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking. Oh man, it's so much. It's it's mood based yeah. for sure. I mean, this is like <laughs> it's a lot to take in this album. I mean, it's brutal. It's psychedelic. It's eerie. It's slow. It's upbeat. It's you know, there's <laughs> yeah. so many and there's so much about this album, but. You never know what you're gonna get. My my favorite part of it, part of it is the mix, though. I mean, yeah, you guys are talking about the vocals are awesome, but I like how the guitars are low. That keyboard, that bass is like up front. You know, it's all just the mix is. That's like my favorite part of this album. I mean, it's a good point. The first riff, like I don't know, that's the one you think of when I see this name unholy. Now I think of that riff. You know, that's like the how the whole, you know what the whole album's kind of going to be like, but in the same time, you don't because it goes all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're getting, you're just getting thrown right into the hell. Of yeah. It. <laughs> it's just intriguing. It's such an intriguing album. Stan, yeah. what did you think about like the female and the male clean parts? I like them. That was I, my like, okay. I see. That was where I was like, I can't do this. Like I, I listened <laughs> to it full through the first time and I tried it again. And I was like. If I just took those parts out, this is so good. I just 
think because they dragged on. They didn't do it too much. That's Mm -hmm. why I think I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's not my favorite part. You're right. It wasn't my favorite part of the album. You know, those parts, but they didn't do it. They didn't overdo it. So it wasn't bad. It's just another weird quirk of this album. You know, to me, that's what it is. It's not going to, you're not going to mistake it for Evanescence or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) For fucking Evanescence. (laughs) (laughs) The curveball was thrown. (laughs) I had to do it to him. You know, I did. (laughs) Yes, you did. What do you think, John? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's like this. It's the same shit with me. It's just. It's intriguing though, right? It, I mean, you yeah, gotta give it it's that. It's definitely <laughs> intriguing, but to a certain point, like after like minute seven, it's like I, you know, it's not that intriguing anymore. And then <laughs> I just like, couldn't I get, do it. I get the gist. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sorry. I mean, I I feel like an asshole, the Debbie Downer of the the group here, being like, I don't like it. I don't like it. But it's just. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I feel you. I feel you. There's, it's especially, and it's funny because it it was put out on Peaceville in the '90s, and it's like you know, it's it's not Catatonia, it's not Anathema, hmm. it's not Paradise Lost. It's, it's 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 a very alien and weird record to to contrast with the rest of what was going on. You know, that same year you had Disembowelment putting out their album, and then you had Catatonia putting out dance of december souls and then you have this monstrosity where it's just like okay what is this and like stan said too like with some of those like psychedelic parts too like that's not something you really hear a lot in death doom but no they definitely had their own shit going i mean some of those solos that go off it's like man it's just different like definitely like, yeah very much its own identity but I, I love how Shai describes it, that it's just like, you, when you hear it, you wheel around and you're just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it, it, that's the, I think that's what, to me, makes it a very important historical album for Death Doom, is it just, it's so, it's kind of like Disembowelment, that it's just so out there, that it's like, yeah. this, this could only have been a product of the 90s. There's no way on God's green earth that this could have come out in like 2005 or 2015 no, no. or whatever. The the one thing that really defines Unholy is the second ring of power and Shoddy's reaction to it just being like, oh, this is jarring. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah, it's that like, was a good pick. I'd never heard of this one before, so it was really cool to check it out. Yeah. I, we move I into thought, the uh, modern era. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Fucking spectral voice. Road of Corridors of Unbeing.
I'm, I mean, Stan, I know you like it. I like it. I don't know if Shoddy. Oh, God. Oh, no. What? <laughs> I thought this would be the one you would like. Dude, come on. The angular riffing. <laughs> Bruh. See, so that's the thing. is The riffing was fine. It was just too much of it. Like, it was... So, for instance, on the first song, the riffing was fine, but I could have condensed that song down to, like, three and a half minutes. <laughs> With the second song, vi- Visions of, you know, uh, whatever, 13 minutes, 13.59, almost 14 minutes, I could have taken that bitch down to, like, three and a half, easy mode, easy. But I, hate to play, I hate to play that one fish from that episode of SpongeBob who comes crawling to the, to the Krusty Krab and begs for food and water, and then he looks around, he's like, food, water... Atmosphere. <laughs> it's it's all about that. I never thought we had a SpongeBob reference on this cast, but you never know. I <laughs> hey, guess. Hey, oh, it's it's all about that atmosphere. It's I mean, the they, atmosphere. There's some good fucking atmosphere in this, though. I get it, oh. but like even with atmosphere, okay, you want atmosphere? I'll give you five and a half, six minute songs. The, the <laughs> seven twenty, fourteen I minutes. It, it was just it. too. That's what it was. Is I completely respect the grooves, and I agree with you. There was shit that I liked. It was just too much. I was like, okay, I've heard it, and needed to yeah. fast forward a little bit. So I guess yeah. I'm not that surprised because you don't really like the the dirty stuff, and you don't like Doom. And I mean, it's kind of both of those things. So. Yeah. So, How? I mean, if it's going to be dirty and if it's going to be doomy, it needs to be changing it itself up every, like, I don't know, maybe 45 seconds for me. And then I'll be yeah. happy. But <laughs> there, there is one, like, semi-technical doom metal band out there. Although I think Shoddy might be thrown by the vocals. But, man, it's like, it's doom. What are we talking vocal-wise? We're talking, like... <sighs> Almost like Jeff Tate kind of vocals, but a little bit more tortured. Wow. Okay. It's not going to work for Shadi. No, it may may not not work. However, you hear the drum performance on the record and you're going to shit your pants. Okay, so it may work then. May yeah. may work. It might. It's called uh, Condemned by this band called Confessor. It's an old record that Eric um, refuses to keep on streaming services, much like everything else. Oh, did I say that out loud? Um, yeah, they're, yeah. But anyway, annoying. yeah, we'll go back to Spectral Voice before uh, Earache comes down on us and, you know, decides to <laughs> slap a big old bolt thrower sized lawsuit on us. Bring it, fuck them. <laughs> Are you okay? You know what? If you feel that way, then I'm gonna I'm all in with you, Shoddy. Because seriously, taking down necroticism and heartwork, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Dude, they took heartwork down. I don't even use streaming services, and I'm pissed off. How the dude, fuck would they? Why dude, the fuck how? would they take heartwork down? And then oh, when they dude. took off like an ever flowing stream, I'm like, okay, you uh, guys have done fucked up immeasurably yeah the thing is is we really can't be sued because this is our first amendment right to voice our opinions of displeasure towards the assholes who you know live amongst us amen amen to that but again with spectral voice like i can see where shoddy's coming from though like you can condense these songs down to you know five four or five minutes maybe even a little bit shorter and still get the uh the necessary meat and and milk out of it but I think, you know, why would you want to? Yeah, I don't know, cuz that's that's the thing. This was this was my introduction to Death Doom as a whole. Like I'd heard Paradise Lost, I'd heard My Dying Bride, but 
I remember specifically coming home from a religion class the night that this album <laughs> dropped. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> I was driving in my, my... It was right after I... And I, I think I've told Jason about this. I had served a two-year LDS mission, you know, the whole black name tag, go around, proselyte to people. I'd just come home from that. And, you know, I was still riding high on listening to a lot of, like, Sleep, Electric Wizard, The Sword, Elder... But then I heard about this band through Decibel, and I'm like, oh, shit, this has members of Blood Incantation in it. It's got to be good. And so I remember getting in my car and driving home, and it's, like, pretty dark. And it, it was in Arizona when I was – when this happened. This was in 2017. And that first song just starts, and it's just like, okay, this is really creepy. This is kind of, like, a little scary, kind of. And then – you know, those those vocals from Eli come in and the riffs from Paul and Morris. And it's just like, OK, I've I've entered a completely different realm. Like, this is not what I've been used to. This is completely alien territory. Yeah, dude, that's that's the right word for it. It's kind of like the same. It's like the same kind of vibes I get from disembowelment. Like they use a lot of those same tricks, you know, but yet it, it sounds like their own thing. Like they get the atmosphere down. They get some of those, uh, man, I don't even know, just those little melodic parts that Disembalm will throw in those eerie melodic parts. Yeah. Just, but it, it works so well. It's like, man, you're bummed there's no disembowelment. Well, here you go. Listen to this shit. And it, it, luckily, they do enough of their own thing. Like, it's a little bit more brutal. It's a little bit more old school death metal. And yeah, yeah man, it's like, fuck. Like, how bloody, the blood incantation connection, like, those dudes. I mean, how can you make two, like, masterpieces like that? Like, it, it all boils down to Paul. I mean, Paul yeah. Riddle is seriously a modern-day renaissance man. This dude has worked with so many talented people. He's worked with MSW from hell, and he's been in projects with him. He's Paul does his own, like, noise projects. He, I mean, he fucking works with his girlfriend and Charlie Corinne from Incantation and Funebrarum in Chthonic Deity. This dude has like been able to bounce so many weird ideas off of other people, and is, he knows what works. It's just, yeah. it's incredible. And then, I mean, that's not to downplay the other guys. I mean, Jeff Barrett on bass, playing a fretless bass at that. If that's I, beautiful. I didn't know five, that. That's awesome. A, a five-string fretless bass at that. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, he plays a five-string fretless in Spectral Voice, and then he plays a four-string fretless for Blood Incantation. That's awesome. And yeah, and so, and then obviously coupling it with Eli, who has also been in amazing bands. One who he's been, I mean, they've all kind of known each other through being in this scene in Denver for so long that they kind of know what they want to work with. And that's the thing about, you listen to their other stuff, like you listen to Spectral Voices' Necrotic Doom demo, very much the filthy, gross shit, like Ripakulu and Winter. Yeah. But then you get to Eroded Corridors, and you hear the disembowelment, the unholy, and then this other band called Mind Rot, which Mind Rot to me is like, they sound like if Neurosis started to sound like more of a Death Doom band. But... It's that weird atmosphere, again, that they create that is just so interesting. And I know it's just something that has resonated with people. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that very small minority, in fact, that finds spectral voice to be better than blood incantation. 
I could, I, I, I can't go that far, but I mean, I can't blame you. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, the quality of it, it's just like a taste thing for me, you know, but fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely just as good as far as like quality wise. I just tend to favor blood incantation for my taste, but man, I, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's just, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites of the genre, you know, and I mean, not that I've listened to a million Death Doom albums, but it's one of those ones that keeps me interested in it for sure. And Stan, you, I've heard you talk about it a couple of times. I don't know if it was on, was it on your end of the year list or? Mm, no, I, I liked the album back, what was it, 17 probably? That was, yeah. you know, so many death metal albums came out that year, but um, yeah. I probably brought it up, but I liked it at the time, but I never went back to it and I never, so I was never a big fan of like Blood Incantation until this year. So I didn't know the whole, I didn't know this whole thing until like just now. Like I didn't know they're basically the same band. <laughs> so like it's in my notes. I was like, this sounds really like Blunkantation. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know, but with yeah. Doomier, I didn't know this. So, but I, yeah, yeah this, I mean, this ear. is a really good album going back to it. Like I, I forgot about it and fucking loving every second co- of it. I think it's even cooler that you even picked up. It's like, oh, this sounds like blood incantation. Yeah, no, I really didn't know this. I mean, I'm sure Jason brought it up before, too, and I just, you know, in one ear out the other, but. Yeah. That's that's kind of the thing is. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, like, shoddy, like, I get, like, I get how you can think it's too slow, but, like, this one, I just feel like you can never get bored. You can never feel like it's too slow. It's just, like, keep it interesting the whole time, you know, Mm -hmm. they the riffs, I mean, good God, I mean, yeah, yeah. this Paul guy's a fucking, <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck, like, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, I mean. I don't know, I can disagree it, with you. Right, hey, yeah. hey, everyone's. That's totally cool, and although I will tell you this, I found this out recently, too, um, they did an interview after they played a show in Istanbul, um, so you know how, so there's the, the very last song on the album, Dissolution, is like nine minutes, almost ten. Shoddy, I think you would have fucking had a stroke if you found out that they actually cut about 18 minutes of that song. <laughs> Shut up, seriously? <laughs> yeah, and in fact, they said that that song has such a wellspring of riffs, they could probably write an entire album just based off of those 18 minutes. Wow. I Dude, I want to hear that so bad. Yeah, they said that, I think Paul said it was like a lot of like really creepy-ass dark ambient mixed with more of that like really grimy death doom and i think i think i'm not 100 percent sure don't quote me on this but i think that's where a lot of inspiration for eli's other project um comes into play which is going to be coming out here pretty soon um black curse that's his band oh, yeah, with okay morris playing bass um eli's fronting it and then you have jonathan campos from primitive man on guitar and uh zach coleman from chemist on drums oh what an interesting lineup yeah they uh this is that's one that's gonna be very um that's gonna blow the door hinges off a lot of people's year-end list this thing is like it's like blasphemy 2.0 but not in the like stupid gas mask wearing bullet belt wearing clone that you would see from like some fucking random band from turku finland um <laughs> you you've this listened? is like yeah i've i've heard the whole black curse album and it is oh it's dissonant and it is evil 
I checked out the singles on Bandcamp. I don't know if we got the whole thing, but yeah, dude, like those fucking singles are great. Yeah, but I think I think that would have been a fun. I, I knew Shoddy would lose his mind when I told him that Dissolution had 18 <laughs> minutes cut from it when it's already nine minutes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where the experimentation for me, at least. I think when I first heard that, it's like, yeah, that's cool. But then I'm like. This wraps up nicely. I don't want it to drag. That would have really no. sucked. That would be cool as like an alternate. Like release it as a single, but like keep yeah. the album as is. Yeah. Kind of like how... Like I like to blood. hear it, but I don't necessarily need it to replace what they did. Yeah. Like how Blood Incantation did the live vitrification thing and they put that like ambient track right. on the other side of it. So That works. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Dude, that, you picked some good fucking albums, man. Like uh, like Stan said, like those are. I love how each one was so different from the other one. You kind of like captured, you know, some good different angles of Death Doom. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe next time for Shadia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lost cause. Maybe next time. <laughs> maybe, maybe next time we can we can talk a little bit more about. Uh, oh, I don't know. I I know you guys have already done Mellow Death, but I'd definitely talk about Mellow Death with y'all. <laughs> hey, anytime you want, buddy. <laughs> Any, anytime you want. What are you, you doing want. after this? <laughs> wait, wait. doesn't like Melodeath, right? I forgot. No, I that's, love that's Melodeath. Death. Oh, yeah, what are you yeah. talking okay. about? Okay, so I've like, been you like, removed. Yeah, Stan, oh, Jason's okay. been kicked out of the, the, the podcast. Jason's left, Jason has left the chat. <laughs> I always, listen, I always dig it, but I'm just, I'd gladly, I, you, you can take my spot for that. <laughs> Fuck you! Like, I know uh, I'll come back around. It's in my it's in my blood. <laughs> we appreciate always... it though, man. Then, uh, like I said, uh, heaviest of art. Everyone should check it out. Follow the social shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I will do the same and let everybody know to follow the best metal podcast there is. Aww. Serious, like that's I'm not blowing smoke out my ass. Like I got a tear in my guys, eye. Yeah, we thank you for yeah, those kind words, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I, I appreciate listen it, man. to you guys like religiously at work and everything, and listening to your year end lists was awesome too, as well. And the decade end lists, it's like mm, these dudes know what the hell is up. <laughs> awesome, man. Appreciate it. Well, uh, yeah, dude. Well, I'm we'll have to do it again sometime, and I got some new albums to check out. So yeah, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for uh, having me on. It's uh, awesome to finally be a part of this little thing, getting to Hell talk yeah, with y'all. You know, it was a honestly, Ty, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Yes. Um, yeah. Just even though that the music uh, genres didn't align with my taste, it was still a pleasure to talk to you about something that you were so passionate about, man. So, yeah, man. Thank you guys for all having me on. It's it's been it's been a pleasure. I I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you very much, you guys. All right, later. Take care, Ty. Yeah, have a, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, all right. Um, should we wrap it up, I guess? Yeah, stick around for the interview with uh, Aaron from My Dying Bride. Um, you know, it was obviously- a good one, man. He, he was a really, he's a really cool, like, funny, laid back. Like, I just had a lot of fun talking to him. And we got, you know, he that, that album, like, there's a couple songs on there about his freaking daughter who's like really young. I don't know if she's like two or three or four. I don't know. She's pretty young and got like cancer. Mm. Maybe she's older than she's maybe she's like five or something because she had it for a year or two or something like that. And he kind of went into like what that was like. And cause he like was removed from the, he stepped away for a minute. Like, you know, the band was on like hiatus for a while. And then like, it was like, this was the album that came after that. So it's just Mm. like a deep album. And it wasn't like a super depressing interview or anything like that. But you know, 
just touched on that. And then we touched on turn loose of swans and everything. So even if you're not like a, even if you don't even know the band that well, I thought it was, he's an interesting guy. So I liked it a lot. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, wanna, we should uh, throw a quick thanks again to Ty for joining us on the Death Doom discussion. Yeah, check out his shit for sure. Yep. 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 Have yeah, you well, and get him on Instagram. Like I said, he's a great, he's a great follow on there. Ty Tilly on there. So yeah. Yeah. He had some beautiful words for us, uh, you know, that you've obviously listened to. So I'm assuming that anything else he puts out will probably be of the same quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this uh, virus yeah, ain't getting this virus ain't getting us down, so we're gonna go nowhere. We'll be back. Coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, there's Maybe nothing we'll be more here. Yeah, there's nothing we could do except podcast. So if you guys, we might you might hear from us sooner than later. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Get over to the Patreon. We got to do a bonus episode for that soon, so that'll be coming out. Maybe you know, I just thought of something. What's that? Uh, pandemic playlist or <laughs> best <laughs> pandemic <laughs> end of the world albums or <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> i think number one is america the brutal by six feet under <laughs> fuck <laughs> should have did yeah, it for this one <laughs> yeah but yeah hit us up on social media but i think this is another episode of into the combine i'm staying the man i'm uh j-dog i'm shoddy and you guys stay metal Cold, windy, and miserable. How about you? Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's perfect conditions, I guess, for a My Dying Bride interview. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, I got to say, uh, I've been I've been listening to this album a ton since we got it, and uh, I'm I'm someone who is familiar with you guys, but not I never dove in too much except for okay. Turn Loose the Swans, and uh-huh. we got this one, listened to it, and I was like, man, this is so good. What have I been missing? Went back and listened to everything. <laughs> And I've just been wow. obsessed. <laughs> I said, I got to talk to this guy. That's a lot of stuff guy. to listen to. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> but I said, I got to talk to this guy. So I, the big thing I noticed was that the time span since the last album, man, how does it feel finally getting back uh, into things? Yeah, it's quite um, kind of nerve wracking, really. Um, even after all these years, uh, I, I guess I'm not, you know, I'm not a professional rock star. You know, I do I do some vocals and I write some lyrics and I'm quite tentative about it. You know, I'm not very good being on stage and I'm not very good in the studio. Um, I'm all fingers and thumbs. You would think after all this time, I'd be a bit more professional. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still quite a nerve wracking thing being in a band and knowing that you're about to release something uh, worldwide uh, particularly on a new, a new record label, a bigger label, um, it, it, it's kind of, it's not quite exciting, but it's, it's nerve-wracking, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't know what, I don't know, it feels like i am just joined the band, you know what I mean? And I'm kind of anxious about what people are going to think about it. So far, the feedback from the journalist has been really good, um, but but they don't buy the records. Right. So it, <laughs> it's, it's, let's see what the fans think, but yeah, uh, I kind of anxious and a bit nervous. Um, hope people are going to like it. You know, they like they like the last one, um, and that was mostly written by Andrew, uh, as indeed was this one. So if they like the last one, fingers crossed, they're going to like this one. Yeah, that's funny that you say that too. That you still get so nervous after however many albums you guys have released at this point. You think it would just be another day in the neighborhood, you know? Yeah, it's it's not, honestly, Jason. It's not like that. Even when um, you know people ask us for our autographs and we almost do that classic looking over our shoulder to see if there's someone famous <laughs> behind us yeah it's just I, although i like that i like the fact that we're very grounded you know you won't see you won't see me walking around with leather trousers sunglasses and a bottle of jack daniels <laughs> it's just it doesn't work yeah yeah it comes across it comes across in the music too and i gotta say the one thing that really hit me on this one is I'm a new parent and uh, with an eight-month-year-old. And reading about the description and what you had to go through with your daughter, um, you know, and, and the song Tired of Tears and everything, that really grabbed me and pulled me in. And I just, I can't imagine what you had to go through for that. Is everything still going well for, for your daughter? Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's doing really well. She's back at school, which is great. She missed a couple of years of school. Um um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's it's what you would sort of imagine it it would be like. It was uh, well, super terrible to be honest. And she lost all her hair and had the tube up the nose. You know, all those typical mm. things you would expect to see. But you know, you normally see it on an older person. When you see it on a five year old kid, it's really heartbreaking. Um, but she's you know she's battled through it. And every photo we've got, she's got a huge smile on her face. Wow. Um, so. <laughs> They're so resilient, though, children. You know, adults, because they know what the word cancer means, children don't. So even though, you know, she didn't even feel particularly poorly. So when we tell her that she's got this nasty thing growing inside her called cancer, she's none the wiser. 
And she wow. just said, will they take it out? And we said, yeah, they'll take it out. But you'll you'll feel a bit, you know, you'll feel a bit down. But you should get better. And she's like, okay, fine. Where, you know, when an adult gets it, you, you think your world is going to implode. And it, it does for some people. Um, but you just take each day at a time and just keep your fingers crossed that you're moving in the right direction. And so far, so good. Oh, that's great. That's that's really good to hear. I, this is a, this is a lot different, but um, I was just trying to put myself in your shoes. And last year was a pretty tough year for me. I lost my dad. I got Lyme disease about a week or two, a couple of weeks after that. And I thought, you know, at that time, you know, I just didn't care about doing the podcast anymore or doing any of that stuff. My priorities kind of changed quite a bit. And I thought, you know, how how was that for you? Did you have any of those big moments? I, I think I had heard you thought about, you know, not doing the band. How, how was that for you? Yeah, I mean, as soon as we found out the news about my daughter, every, everything stopped. Every single thing, you know, normal life stopped for us. And um, because, you know, we just went for a quick checkup in the hospital and thought, well, no idea what it is, because she was just complaining of a pain in her chest. It could be a million different things with a kid. Uh, and when they took us into the quiet room and told us, you know, that was it. We were straight to the specialist hospital that night. Um, and that was it for a year in and out of hospital. Mm. Um, so everything changed. You know, we, we, we'd just begun work on writing the new album. And that, you know, the band stopped doing what they were doing. Because obviously it's a massive shock for those guys as well. We're a very close-knit community. Um, <clears throat> so everything stopped for a few months. And then when things sort of started to progress in the right direction, Andrew decided to crack on writing the album, um, which he did. And he would send me the odd riff and the odd passage. And I wouldn't even listen to it because I, I just couldn't focus on the band. The band meant nothing. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just had to concentrate on my daughter. And he would work with uh, Lena and Sean, the violin player, just to make sure – Andrew was still doing things right and wasn't going off on a tangent. Um, and then they finally they, they entered the studio and I was aware that they were going into the studio, but I couldn't care less. And they they, they did everything they did. Um, and this took quite a long time because, because of what happened, Nuclear Blast did not give us a deadline, which meant we, well, we could take as long as we wanted with the album without obviously being ridiculous. Um, so when they'd finished recording, you know, they'd go and re-record a few things, tweak some stuff, because the beauty of not having a deadline, you can redo stuff so that everything is 100% perfect in your eyes. Sure. Uh, and that's a, it's a rare opportunity to be able to do that. And it was only when my daughter was properly on the mend and the album was fully recorded that, you know, it's, it's time. You know, everybody's waiting for me. And so I decided, to, OK, I'm feeling a bit more confident uh, I'll have a go at it, and um, it, it was a real struggle, though. You know, I thought I thought I could just step back into it because I've been doing it for so many years, but it was nothing like that at all. The vocals took a year to record on and off because I just I just forgot how to to express myself properly. And was it more due to being away, or was it the circumstances with your daughter, or what was the big reason for that? I don't think it was. The duration, I think it was because I had completely disconnected from my dying bride. I couldn't reconnect. It wasn't like flicking on a light switch. You know, hey, I'm back. It, it, was, it was like I, I needed the band to be drip-fed to me one week at a time 
and I and I just couldn't I just couldn't connect. I still not fully connected, Jason. I'm just I'm working through it, and I know I'll get there. It's just I've never had to shift my focus so dramatically and so drastically in the past. So reshifting it back to the band is is gonna take a mammoth task, and I'm just not there yet. Do you think it's partially because it, uh, I mean, a, a shift in priorities or a shift in focus where before the band probably was able to take up such of a large part of your focus and thinking and where after something like that, you probably kind of change those priorities and, the, and that vision might switch a little bit? Well, there is, that's partly to do with it as well because we, we decided before we even signed the contract with Nuclear Blasts, so a few years ago, we decided we'd write something a bit more accessible because we'd been doing all the fancy stuff for years. Um, and we thought for the next album, let's just think of a killer riff, play it four times, and when it feels like the natural time to change into another riff, let's change. So it flows nicely for ourselves and for the listeners. Hmm. Um, and... So, so we worked on that. And then when we went into the studio, I was still living in the past and was trying to do things that were a bit out of time and off key. Mm. And Andrew and Mark at the studio, Mark Minot, the engineer, they were just thinking, Aaron, we've moved on. You need to, you need to raise the bar like we have. And, and they were right, of course. And I, I just hadn't moved with them because I'd been so disjointed. So when I came back, they had moved on and I was stuck in the past and I'm trying to do all the old fashioned things and it just wasn't working. So with a bit of prodding from Mark and Andrew, um, I tried some new stuff and I upped my game and we eventually did it. But it was a horrendous time in the studio for me. Normally recording is uh, it's, it's hard work, but it's fun mm. because you're creating something and your input is valid and important. Um, and when I was... When I was doing the vocals for this album, you know, I'd sing one line and then Mark would say, okay, let's do another one. And I'd sing it again, let's do another one. And I'd sing it again, let's do another one. And when you're singing the same line for an hour, you, you start to think, I can't do this anymore. If I could, we would have had three takes and we'd have nailed it. On my 50th take, it was like torture. Hmm. Um, so when the recording was finally finished, I just left the studio and even when Mark sent us the final mix of the album, I didn't bother listening to it because it was it was a it was a nightmare for me, and I just didn't want to listen to the album. And it's only recently I've listened to it because we're obviously rehearsing some of the songs for live. Um, I, I will grow to love it, but it was such a tough thing to get through. Wow. Well, I got to say, some. I mean, it's funny you say that because listening to the album, you hear some of those huge vocal moments in there. And those are, for me, some of the biggest highlights of it. Those are the parts I am, after listening to the album, I'm singing it in my head or humming it. I mean, there's parts in there that get stuck in there for a whole day. So I can definitely see what you're saying about. You can do it live for me then. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to hear that. (laughs) It's going to stay in my head. But it's crazy. I mean, you guys really nailed that accessibility part of it without being like a without selling out or anything like that. It's just, it, it is very memorable songs, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's accessible from my dying bride point of view. It's, it's not going to make any high chart positions or anything like that. <laughs> but for us, um, it's just a bit more accessible. And I'm kind of hoping that people who have sat on the fence about my dying bride in the past might just 
start to welcome us with open arms. And of course, cynics are going to say the big label have changed us, but that's completely <laughs> true. I mean, it, they wouldn't if they had changed us. I mean, I'm looking at the set list now. Uh, seven minutes forty, seven fifty-five, eight thirty-five. Yeah, you know, there's a ten thirty-one. If they were changing us, they'd have had every song at four minutes long. Um, Nuclear Blast signed us because they love what we've done, um, and uh, they didn't have a single input with any of the songs. We recorded everything. We sent them to them. Um, no demos or anything. We just sent the songs and said, "There you go. That's that's the album." No. Is it all right? It was, this is the album. And they we got one email back from the boss, which just said, fantastic. <laughs> wow. That's great. <laughs> well, like I said, it worked for me. I was a new fan that was caught on by this album. And I mean, do you think it's more important than ever? I mean, you guys are a legendary band. You have your established fan base. But at the same time, you have so much new music being released every day. You know, so many bands popping up. Do you think it is a very important time for older bands to still be putting out incredible albums? Well, it depends if they're still relevant. Um, after 30 years, it, it depends how you steered your ship. Um, if you're getting a bit of a buzz like we seem to be, then perhaps we're doing things right. Um, because, you know, sometimes you think if a band's been around 30 odd years, they're probably just plodding along, doing mm -hmm. what they do, and the old fans love it. Um, but I, I still think there must be some relevance to it because I, I know, for example, um, I hope this is not a spoiler alert, but we've got Album of the Month in Metal Hammer Germany, which is one of the biggest publications in rock music. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had rave reviews in um, Rolling Stone magazine. And when, when you start to see all these big numbers after all this time, you think oh, we've still got it. <laughs> we've still got some. <laughs> we've still got some ability, some talent, and some way of still making people happy. And I think that's that's good. I think we're steering the good ship, my dying bride, in, in the right direction. And that's also we're proud of that because we've never had a manager. My dying wow. bride managed by Aaron and Andrew for 30 years. Wow. And through that, we've landed a tour with Iron Maiden, played on their soccer team. We toured America with Ronnie James Dio. We got invited to Greece with Metallica. We've nailed all this stuff ourselves. Um, so that makes me even more proud of what we've achieved. Oh, yeah. It's got to hit the satisfaction. has to be so much higher when you're doing it on your own. Oh, God, yeah. Well, one of the things I was thinking about when listening, because you, you're very, every album that I would listen to, it's like, I never knew what to expect as far as your vocals, you know, starting way back. And when you first introduced your cleans to the newer album, where sometimes you throw in the death vocals, sometimes you don't. And I'm sure you've been asked this before, but I guess where, how do you know what tells you I'm going to scream or I'm going to use those heavier vocals here, or I'm going to use those clean vocals here? Um, in the olden days, uh, I'd literally flip a coin for it, uh, <laughs> which is a little bit of a shame now, because when I look back at some of the lyrics, um, and I'm really proud of the things that I've written, and then I've death metal vocaled it, and you can't hear a single thing I'm saying, it's sort of like, oh, why did you, why did you do that? Particularly if the tempo is quite slow. Um, it's normally, if there's an aggressive mid-tempo riff going on, that might require a death metal vocal because they go hand in hand. Mm. Um, and in the past, I'd sometimes do death metal vocals on really slow riffs. 
And it, it sort of worked, you know, um, but I don't tend to not to do that these days. Um, if it's slow and mournful, the voice should go along with that. If it starts to speed up and sounds like, you know, you're nodding your head and you're thinking, here we go, this is, this is about to kick off then the death metal vocal comes in just where you think it should. And it, it's comfortable now. Um, as I said in the past, I think we were showing off, trying to be too clever, playing a riff five and a half times instead of a nice comfortable two or four or six. Um, and then death metaling over over quiet vo quiet parts. And we were just, I don't know, just being awkward for the sake of it. Now we've settled down. We, we, we're trying something that's a bit more accessible. It, it's easier on the ears um, I mean, I say that it's as if you're familiar with my Dime Bride. You know, if I played this album to my neighbour, they would probably think um, I'm suicidal <laughs> because it's still it's not accessible to the general public. No, um, because they will still think, "What on earth is going on here?" Um, but it, it's a bit more accessible for for my Dime Bride fans, I think, or people who are sitting on the fence. Yeah, exactly. So on this episode that we're, I'm putting this interview with, I, we've got a guest on, and he, what the idea was, he was going to bring in five of his favorite Death Doom albums, and one of the ones he chose was Turn Loose the Swan. So I was hoping I could just ask you just a couple questions about that album as well. Okay, yeah. <coughs> so listening back to it, and that was one of the first albums I checked out from you guys, and the thing that really threw me at first, and, that, and really I turned it off, was the first track being so slow and clean and you know absent of most of the metal stuff and at the time i just couldn't you know i just turned it off and thankfully came back to it at some other point <laughs> and realized this is great and what was i doing but to me that's a very brave choice and i guess w what made you guys go that route well uh, it's again it's just trying to not break the mold but maybe you know sort of poke people in the eye a little bit um i think we've done it on on our first three or four albums where the first song is a bit of a surprise uh, because I mean, that's exactly why we haven't done it with the new album. We've, we've opened with your broken shore. It's probably the most accessible, my dying bride song. It's mid tempo. Mm -hmm. It's got a bit of this and it's got a bit of that lovely. It ticks all the boxes. So we've gone safe on this album. Uh, in the past, as you mentioned, we've done stuff that initially people will raise an eyebrow and think, okay, <laughs> wasn't expecting this to be the first song. Uh, they're not surprised that it's there, or, or, or they're not surprised at what they're hearing. They're just surprised they're hearing it first, because they might expect a song like that to be further on in the record. Um, and I think most people probably are supposed to load up their first, their best song as one right at the beginning. That's the hook that wheels people in. Um, but yeah, in the past, we just thought, do you know what, let's just, Let's just do it our way. And so we did. And we we also did it live once when we played, I can't remember where it was, a doom metal festival. And we opened up with our most brutal death metal song ever, <laughs> just just to go against the, the grain. <laughs> and it's just, it's nice to do sometimes, but we've done it a million times now. And as I say, I try not to sound like we're boring now, um, but we're just having a little... We're having a rest for the Ghost of Orion. We might come back to being awkward with the next album, but for now, we're just, we're having a bit of fun. Yeah. Well, it's almost like the thing, like you said, it's the thing to do now to throw everybody off because we're all expecting it to be something so different. And then you come at us with something like so huge like this album. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> at the time when that album came out, 
what was going around going on around you in metal because I mean, how did you feel you fit in with the metal scene? Because you guys started doing things that were so drastically different than a lot of the death metal that I can think of at the time. It was a gamble because if you, if we'd have done too much death metal, the doom metal fans would have left. And if we'd have done too much doom, the death metal fans may have left. Um, with the introduction of the violin as well, um, some, you know, we, we got a lot of goth fans as well. And, we were juggling three different genres. And when you do that, there's a risk of losing all of them. Um, <clears throat> however, we must have been lucky with those ingredients because they all came with us for the ride. And even to this day, we uh, we get invited to the Inferno Festival in Norway, which is a black metal festival. Um, we do many, many Gothic festivals where we're the only metal band there. Uh, many regular um metal and indeed music festivals as well as doom metal festivals we've managed to straddle different genres and get away with it so i'm hoping nobody catches us out it worked yeah it worked in your favor yeah it could have backfired you know we could have ended up with nobody liking us because we'd introduced too many different styles but it went the other way and we were really lucky well, that's what i respect about it so much it's like you just decided you're going to all of a sudden do clean vocals. And I mean, did, did you think at all at the time? I mean, this is, this could be the end of the band. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I knew the music was great, you know, and I thought that lyrics were, were great at the time, you know, I, I'm very passionate about writing. And so I thought if, even if they can forgive me for not being able to hit all the right notes, they might come along with the ride because of, the passionate way I've delivered the words and the way that it's married up to the music. Um, you know, I, I've never called myself a singer, but a vocalist because a singer can get all the right notes mm. or most of them anyway. And are quite often a pleasure to listen to in that respect. But when you listen to people like, and I'm not comparing myself to these people, but when you listen to people like Bob Dylan and maybe Mick Jagger. They are not fantastic singers, but they are wonderful vocalists. They can't hit the, all the notes, um, but the way they deliver their words is second to none. Um, you can forgive them for not being Mariah Carey. Um, they don't need to be. They've got something important to say, and they're going to say it. And if it's not, if it's slightly off tune, so what? Yeah, it almost adds to the charm sometimes and the emotion. I think so. I mean, I've heard of, I, I've seen Leonard Cohen, pl Leonard Cohen play live, not for real, I mean, videos, and he's so off key <laughs> and out of time. And yet he's virtually weeping as he delivers his words. And you don't give a toss that he's completely out of tune. Yeah. The way yeah, he's exactly. doing what he needs to do, the hairs are standing up on the back of your neck and you're just thinking, this guy is in a different place to everybody else and it's, it's it's mesmerizing to watch did you do any work to to figure out your voice and your vocals at the time or was it like you said you just went along with the emotion and what came out yeah i just i just i just went for it i'd never sung before um uh, i just just had a few practices at home in the shower like everybody else does <laughs> um, and i was nervous as hell when i first sang clean vocals in the rehearsal room with the rest of the guys um I'd actually warned them a couple of times saying, oh, by the way, um, you know, there's going to be some clean stuff coming. And they're like, yeah, fine, bring it on. Um, 
But still, you know, even, even I've known these guys for a long time. Singing in front of your friends is really tough uh, because you, you don't know if you can do it. Um, and what you do is when you first start singing, you've got your eyes on them to see if they suddenly raise an eyebrow and glance in your direction. And thankfully, there was none of that. They kept on doing what they were supposed to be doing. I kept on singing. And the more they didn't look at me in a weird manner, the more I carried on. And we took it from there. Well, it all paid off. And I mean, have you done much work to improve over the years or is it something that you've just worked on uh, as you've went? No, there was a time probably a decade ago, which and I thought, you know, I might go and I might go to a vocal coach and um, j just to see if I can if I can get something more because I don't play an instrument. So my voice is my instrument. And, you know, you want to maximize on the talents you've got. And then I thought, oh, fuck it. I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's working without, you know, yeah. it's working so far. Why, why change it? <laughs> exactly. So you guys, I saw some tour announcements so far. Um, look like a lot of big festivals. I don't know what else you guys have coming, but do you have to do much prep work for that, being that you guys haven't uh, done much in a while? Yeah, we're rehearsing at the moment. Um, we were supposed to be playing in Glasgow in um, April, I think it was. That's been postponed now till September. I've no idea why, hmm. but that's a shame. But it, it just means we've got more time now to practice because I don't think the first gig now is until June. So we've got plenty of time to practice. Um, yeah, we have. By the time that comes round, it'll be three years since we last play, played live. So we're nervous about that. You know, we have a new drummer and a new guitar player and a new sound engineer. Um, so we need to make sure that when we play live in June a nice big festival in front of thousands and thousands of people. We know what we're doing and we look like we know what we're doing. Uh, and we will because that's, you know, we've got loads of time to rehearse. Um, so uh, everything's good. Um, currently, you know, there's some large European festivals, but we are working on our own tour and we'd love to get back over to the States and the Australia. I've been doing a lot of Australian press and they're dying for us to go down there. We've never, <laughs> never been to Australia um, and only fleetingly across the pond to the US. Um, so we need to do more of that. And I think now we're on nuclear blast. We might be able to buddy up with a couple of other bands and, and, and tour around as a package deal thing. Mm, um, yeah. so, so that's doable. So, yeah, we're getting back to it slowly but surely. Um, we are getting back on it, and, uh, and people can expect to see us live this year. That's great. I heard a rumor of even an EP possibly this year too. Yeah, when we first spoke to Nuclear Blast, they asked us if we could record a, a roughly about 80 minutes worth of music so that there's enough for an album, enough for a follow-on EP. So we, mm. we obliged, no problem at all. So we gave them 11 songs, uh, and we couldn't, we couldn't decide which ones to, to put on the EP. So we, told, we just explained to them, we want the album to begin with your Broken Shore, we want the solace in the middle, and we want it to end with your Woven Shore. And anything else you can take away or mix and match huh. uh, because I wanted it to be bookended with uh, the first song being like your world is broken and then this, the last song being you've scrabbled around and you've managed to piece together your world and things are looking bright again and we wanted the solace in the middle because that's such an ethereal gorgeous light piece of music it's like a stepping stone in the middle of all this darkness. <clears throat> so that's how we sort, we sort 
right, these are, these three songs have to be on it in this order. So they picked three for the EP, uh, which I think is August. It might be coming out. Hmm. Um, and if you know, if you like the album, you're probably going to love the EP because again, it was recorded exactly at the same time, same kind of production. Um, wonderful new artwork, which I've only just seen. Absolutely spectacular. Mm. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a reworking of the My Dying Bride logo as well. Uh, um, so, so, so lots of new stuff coming. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited. Like I said, I, I can't get enough of the new album, and I really, really appreciate you talking, man. Yeah, well, thanks very much, Jason. I really pre- appreciate your time. All right. Well, good luck with the rest of the album release, and uh, hopefully everyone else loves it as much as me. Cheers, mate. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Have a good one.